I've always believed the foundation of our fulfillment in life doesn't come from our success, but rather the strength of our relationships, not only with others, but also with ourselves. And how we develop a deeper connection is through self-reflection and purposeful conversations with those around us, especially like-minded individuals. And that is exactly why I created the What Fulfills You card game, to cultivate both more meaningful relationships with others, as well as ourselves on the journey of personal growth. I certainly use these questions as a guide for journal prompts and weekly check-ins with myself. And of course, when I am playing this game with friends on a Friday night in, you bet I am enjoying it with a glass of wine or two, who knows. Shop the card game now at whatfulfillsyou.com and enjoy an exclusive 10% off for listeners only with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy! Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy final week of 2021. I cannot believe it is already the end of the year. It has been quite a year, as I'm sure many of us have experienced to, you know, some extent. And especially being the year after the pandemic or after the start of the pandemic, I know a lot of us had some hopes for it to be different. And I think it was it was certainly better and different than 2020. Um, but I know... It's still a battle for many of us in whatever city, Um, and I live in New York, so obviously there's a lot of ups and downs, but I am happy to see that just that we're getting more accepted and acclimated with what it is, and it's no longer what it was in the beginning of 2020, and I am certain that just like the flu and many other different illnesses, it will more or less become a normalized conversation and we won't have to have as much of a paranoid reaction to it because this is just how it is, right? It's part of life if you at least look at history, which I'm very interested, always learning in the history of previous you know epidemics pandemics all that kind of stuff um and how things have affected us and you know that quote where they say history repeats itself yeah I just I've always been very intrigued to kind of understand human behavior back then why we do what we do how technology has helped us do things quicker or maneuver around certain things and so that has always been very fascinating to me but Um, Trying not to go on a tangent here, Uh, today's episode is going to be, as you can see from the title, just a whole reflection on 2021 from my perspective. I did this last year. I heard from listeners back then that it was a helpful episode, and so that is my goal for today is to share with you guys what I have specifically experienced, why I made certain decisions, and how 
my stories or my personal experiences could perhaps help you in whatever future decisions you make or how you want to maneuver your life better. And so this episode is a raw conversation with you guys, but also a pretty structured out outline of, you know, certain events in my life that have really shaped my 2021 year with also a few nuggets from 2020 that have parlayed over into this year and the big theme of this year for me specifically is all about how everything I have wanted is on the other side of fear and I think this is a very very relatable concept for you girls out there who are listening who are you know you're in your 20s early mid even late 20s I think all of us have experienced that fear of the unknown whether it's with moving breaking up with someone that you know is toxic even if it's a friendship leaving a corporate job or switching jobs or doing something that your parents don't really agree with you on and so that makes you scared all of that I have been through it all and I think um, some of the things I share today can and or will be eventually relatable so I hope this is helpful for you guys and with that being said I will dive into the first bullet which is about my move to Los Angeles in 2020. So the reason why I bring up this move even though it happened last year is because it definitely had some elements that parlayed over into this year and also my move to Los Angeles it kind of happened towards the end or like over halfway into 2020 but like the the last quarter of 2020 if that makes sense i say this because it is part of the theme around doing something that scares you and moving to la was certainly very scary for me even though i was certain about it i also was it was very an unknown territory for me i lived in orange county newport beach area for five years and that was very comfortable for me because I knew the streets, I knew the mall, I knew how to get around to all the places I usually go to and so moving to Los Angeles which is a lot busier than Orange County was just a whole different scope and I was still working my corporate job and even though things were remote because of COVID, you know, I I just didn't know if I'd get any backlash and so I didn't ever even like shared with my manager or my management that I was moving because honestly it just it didn't really matter and truly it didn't because we never went back to office when I was living in LA I think they're only getting back to office right now so it goes to show you like I had the right instinct on that and eventually of course they found out like I I eventually told them because they would want to send me things for like certain um like team events we would do and so i'd give them my mailing address and it just always became this unspoken like okay yeah she moved to la and it was just like shrugging shoulders like no one really cared but um essentially i bring this up like i said because it propelled me to meet new friends and in particular for me it allowed me to meet like-minded entrepreneurs who are still my close friends today and who are kind of what I consider my LA circle now if I go back, which I do have plans to go back to visit finally in January just because I haven't traveled since, um, I don't know, I guess I haven't really traveled since August and have not been on a flight since August. And it's funny because I used to be flying between LA and New York like every six weeks. So um, I'm just excited to go back. 
But in particular, I wanted to bring up the story about how I met a very close friend of mine. His name is Elia, and he was actually on this podcast back in, I think his episode came out in September, and we talked about the male psychology to dating, and he's really good at this. In fact, he actually does it as part of his business where he does coaching with a lot of um, like tech entrepreneurs um, and he's extremely brilliant and really is great with understanding why we do what we do and the reason why I bring this up is because he came up to me and a friend of mine we my friend and I were sitting on the mall bench and we were eating gelato and this was actually exactly on Halloween because later that night he had invited me to go out to a Halloween kind of party-ish or event and um, I didn't make it out because I was just too tired but I remember seeing him and his friend walk by actually I found out it wasn't even it was his friend but it was actually someone he was like coaching in essence but they had come up to us striked a conversation and his friend was talking to my friend and I remember her first instinct was like oh by the way I have a boyfriend I'm like okay girl like you don't have to be so defensive when people come up to you like that I think a piece of advice I have there is always be open to conversation with strangers or again in depending on the environment right again I'm at the mall this is a public place um Elia is like my age like they, you can just you can tell they look pretty trustworthy right and again like what's the harm like if you feel uncomfortable you can walk away or you know there's just many things that you can think of on the spot, I would say. But while his friend was talking to my friend, him and I were talking, we were kind of getting to know each other, figuring out, oh, like, what do you do? And like, what are your interests? And then funny enough, we ended up talking a little bit about philosophy because he asked like, well, you know, what are some of the things you do? And I said, well, I have a podcast. And then he instantly became really intrigued because of course, later on, we found alignment in our interest in stoicism entrepreneurs entrepreneurship and mindset and personal development and so essentially him and his friend were taking a risk out of fear kind of right to come up and talk to random girls and of course then Elia and I became really close friends afterwards I share this story because Ellie and I were reflecting on this a while back it shows how there's a lot of missed opportunity when you don't do what you're scared to do and especially in that scenario right we're at the mall and there's plenty of chances that you know me and my friend could think they're weird for coming up to talk to us because we're just eating gelato it kind of looks like we don't want to be bothered but i'm really glad they came up to bother us because then again i made a really good friend out of that and and even if i didn't right even if it ended up being a bust and it was a waste of you know conversation or whatever it's still good practice and I think it's kind of like those moments that really make life what it is it's it's very serendipitous you can't plan those things and you know like for example I don't necessarily believe everything happens for a reason I'm not very woo-woo universal about that but I do believe which again some people like to argue with me is the same thing go ahead whatever makes you happy but I believe in the timing of life and how time puts us I guess at crossroads to cross paths with certain people 
but it, it is us at the very end of the day to decide if we take on opportunities to meet those people or actually physically cross paths with those people. And so what is super great about all of that is I tell this story all the time. Even Elliot, he's like met my dad because my dad was visiting out in LA, but he's part of my entrepreneur friends now because we ended up having one mutual friend and they got closer and that mutual friend of ours was a pretty close friend of mine already. So it kind of was very, again, serendipitous about how we all became connected because probably one way or another, if I really think about it, because of that mutual friend we already had, we likely would have crossed paths again at some point if timing was aligned. And, you know, it's it's kind of common for my entrepreneur friends and I to kind of get together and bring new entrepreneurs into like a mastermind or go get brunch or dinner and really just talk about business. Um, but I just, I love this story because, you know, Ellie and I, we're best friends now and I talked to him a few times a month, even though he's out in LA, but I'm actually going to be meeting up with him and our other entrepreneur friend when I'm out in LA in January. But another big part of the story is that I guess, you know, more than a year later, right, I hit him up because he's Italian and he's from Italy. And so also some fun fact, I've been learning Italian since October now and so I can speak it a good bunch probably just as fluent as I am in Spanish which Spanish I learned for I don't know five six years in school but we all know how we don't retain much when we learn it from school in that method Um, but I'm also taking like a formal Italian class now to work on like grammar and writing but I started with speaking first which is something I highly recommend for anyone who's interested in learning a language learn how to speak first and you can do this through, I think there's like a, it starts with a P, I think it's like the Pimsleur method. But um, I essentially use that same method for my Italian learning through language transfer. I think it takes a lot of discipline to learn it that way. But if you have a lot of interest, I think the discipline will naturally come. So I use language transfer and I just learn the Italian one. But he has German, which is also how I learned German. Uh, Spanish and I think some other languages too but anyways I told Elia hey and this was from a few weeks ago I told him I have plans to go to Milan Italy in January and I'm gonna just go for a couple of days because it's not too long of a flight from New York to Milan and was curious if he had any friends there Um, he didn't have specific friends in Milan but he had some outside of Milan about like an hour train ride away and he was kind enough to connect me with his friend all the way in Italy and I ended up talking to his friend and his friend was like hey just want to let you know like if worst case our schedules don't align I will be sure to find a friend of mine and Elia's that can come meet you and hang out with you and I just thought that was again so unique because it tracks back to the fact that I met Elia my friend at the mall very randomly because him and his friend came up to talk to my friend and I while we were eating gelato and here I am planning a solo trip which I actually am postponing because I think certain things with Omicron is you know making things a little like more closed down um, since the time I was initially planning the trip so I'll probably like go during my birthday in like February or like March time frame But um, I just thought that was so cool that these, you know, these people who I haven't met and don't barely know me 
in Italy are like willing to like meet up with me and like show me around. Um, I was planning to go to like Milan and then go to Verona, Italy for a day. And I just think that's pretty amazing that that opportunity, even though I'm going out on a solo trip, that opportunity to have a day with some natives in the area is all because of having that friendship with someone that I kind of serendipitously met on a whim. And so I guess my moral of the story for you guys there is just be open to meeting people and don't be too closed off because I do have some friends that are like that, more so just out of fear because they're kind of like scared about meeting strangers. But I think if you practice it enough, you will learn kind of the street smarts of how to, you know, judge a person, feel a person out. And I think your gut instinct will also become stronger when it comes to meeting people, because I think that's why I trust myself to meet people on a whim, because I can just tell if there's something off about them, if they're not really trustworthy, or if it is someone that's trustworthy and someone that feels aligned with me, energetically, I feel it. And so I never get too concerned with putting myself out there. But um, it just really reminds me that there's a lot of missed opportunity out there. Every day we are crossing strangers all around the world, right? Where Whether it's at work, on the way to work, on the train, on the subway, driving to work, getting coffee, all those moments. You just never know where a really good friend or even romantic partner could come out of that interaction if you just say hello, make your move, shoot your shot, whatever. But just just be open and be friendly and, and maybe kind of use this story as a reflection of you know how you want to bring different types of people into your life. Because I think I certainly had that kind of energy put out there where I was very interested and open in meeting certain people that aligned with me like that and I think there's certainly no mistake as to why um, Elia and I became good friends. Lately I've been drinking Magic Mind almost every day before I start working for the day to help with getting into the flow state. Whether you are still in college or you work full-time like me, I know we all have those days where it feels extremely difficult to stay focused and on task. While I don't judge myself for lack of productivity, I do care about how effective I am with my time because time is precious, so why would I want to waste it? Something I've been genuinely really shocked about with Magic Mind is not only how good it tastes because I'm super picky, but also actually how well I stay focused. I mean, I don't know what it is, but if I'm being really honest, I get distracted kind of easily and it's been working wonders. So let's break down what Magic Mind really does. It is known to increase and improve productivity. It has very little caffeine and it only comes from matcha tea. It's a great alternative for coffee if you drink coffee for energy and focus. Or if you are like me, you can drink it alongside because I personally cannot give up my coffee. I love making it in the morning. It also helps fight off fatigue and brain fog as well as some ADD symptoms. And the best part, it is all natural ingredients, including adaptogens, matcha, and nootropics. I highly recommend you give this a try if you are already considering it. It comes in a box of 15, and I like it so much. Sometimes I drink it twice a day. And even better, you can enjoy 20% off your purchase with the code FULFILL at magicmind.co slash fulfill during checkout. That's fulfill at magicmind.co slash fulfill. Enjoy! Something else I want to touch on um, related to kind of my fear of moving to LA and leaving my comfort zone was that, I don't know if I ever mentioned this on any previous episode, but 50% of my inspiration to move to Los Angeles 
actually came from more or less being pretty emotionally connected to a guy I had met. This was summer of 2020, and we were talking actually only for about two and a half months. So looking back, it seems really short. In the midst of it, it felt, you know, more heavy. It felt longer. Um, But this was more, yeah, it was from like July and August. It was like from like end of June through end of August 2020. And I'm not saying I moved to LA for this guy, but I became a lot more interested in living in LA because he also lived there. However, ironically, and I knew this going into my move, so he's a cinematographer and he was actually um, going to Austin, Texas to um, do all like the, the shooting for this TV show for their new season. And so I know he would be gone for a couple of months, even though I was like moving to LA. And so again, I share this because obviously, even for me, I still get emotionally twisted and turned and all of that. And again, like I said, only 50% of my interest came from it. I think I had my own intrinsic interest to go to LA. But I'm admitting this because I don't think it's something to be ashamed of. Like if you ever have that sudden desire to go somewhere because, you know, you met someone and all of that. But from my experience, I'm super glad that it wasn't like, you know, 80% because of this guy. I think I was just inspired slash just a lot more open and curious after being around his energy and after meeting him and talking to him and getting to know him over the couple of months. I just became a lot more interested in doing something out of my norm. And he actually heavily inspired my interest to get back into photography. I remember when we were seeing each other, I was um, I had bought a new camera, which is the camera I use for all of my product shots now and all of the lifestyle photography I post on my personal Instagram and all the editing I do. And so um, it, it just it's crazy to to kind of see that how the dots connect there. But moral of the story, though, moving to L.A. turned out for the better. I was scared. I was so comfortable in Newport Beach. I loved it there. But the moment I moved and finally got acclimated with LA, it turned out for the better, even though I was scared because it was a new environment. But I got to grow more. And I just think I have to like put it out in the ether. But I have to thank this guy for inspiring me to look at LA in a new lens. Um, But then also, actually, I didn't have this in my notes, but he did also inspire me to start Lost Hatton, my marketing agency. And again, I share this because I do know how kind of crazy it sounds, but I I guess I want to show you guys like I'm I'm not immune to this either. But I remember we had met up in Austin, Texas while I was visiting my brother and you know, we were getting coffee and just catching up. And at the time, he had mentioned how he was buying a house in Austin and was going to renovate it and was basically making it a fun project for himself and and not necessarily moving to this house but just wanted it wanted to have it so that you know when he had people visiting um, they could stay there and all that kind of stuff and he actually had bought the house in full cash as well because he is not a U.S. citizen 
he's from Germany. And so as far as I know, I believe just the interest is a lot higher when it comes to mortgages and all of that. If you're, you know, when you're not a U.S. citizen, um, I believe I talked to someone in real estate on this podcast and she had said the same thing that basically it's a lot more. And so he paid for the house in all cash. And I remember in my head, I was thinking again, putting it out there, it's a little crazy to think this, but I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I just felt like I could not date someone like him because I didn't feel like I was financially there yet because he was, and again, he was also older. He was, he's in his like thirties and, um, I know some people would be like, you shouldn't be comparing yourself like that. But what it did for me, though, was it made me wonder, okay, like, obviously, I don't have that kind of cash to buy a house or even put down, you know, a couple hundred thousand like that on down payments, like for like a beautiful condo in New York City. But it made me question, okay, you don't have that right now. But what could you do to expedite your income and start to climb towards that level? And again, part of it was driven towards this weird, 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 weird futuristic thinking of, oh, what if I end up dating this guy? What if I end up with this guy? Obviously, again, this is from like 2020. So those thoughts are no longer relevant. But I'm sharing this with you guys because instead of allowing that comparison or that feeling of, wow, I'm not there yet to diminish my value or make me feel like I'm not enough, it actually for me, pushed me to go, okay, you're not there yet, but how can you get there? And how can you work towards that? So I think when it comes to comparison, to go off on a little bit of a tangent, I think it's a matter of how you frame it in your mind. And for me, my the way I've always done things was asking myself, if they can do it, how can you do it as well? Instead of wow, they can do it, but he's been doing it for a long time. He's in his 30s. He's had his career established. You've only had one year into your post-grad career, all of that. Like, I don't give myself those kind of excuses because I think when you start to say that to yourself, you're giving yourself so many reasons as to why you can't do it. And you got to understand what works best for you. But for me, what has always worked best for me is recognizing that we are all humans and we're a lot more similar than we realize and for that reason then if they can do it there's no reason i can't do it as either and there's no reason that i can't start working towards that so that's more or less how and why i started lost hatton the marketing agency and there was actually many other reasons too but i'd say 50 percent of that inspiration for starting it was out of you know at the time um, the I this whimsical idea that oh if you end up dating this guy you want to be maybe more financially adept and again that's just for me not everyone would feel that way but I just felt like oh I want to be there like him as well I didn't feel like I was competing against him but I felt like more inspired to to kind of reach for to reach and do something bigger for myself. And be able to kind of guide myself towards a life or lifestyle that would be more aligned for me in the upcoming years. And so, of course, that's how the marketing agency started. And I, I pretty much kicked it off um, in less than a month. And that's just kind of how it started.
And then on the theme and doing things that scare you, I always wanted to spend New Year's Eve alone. Not because I actually, well, there, it's, a, it's two parts. Part, like half of me wanted to spend New Year's Eve alone last year because I really felt like 2021 was going to be the pivoting point for my career in terms of business and, and leaving my corporate job and kind of doing things in a more freelance manner. And I'm a pretty firm believer in the way you do New Year's Eve and the way you kind of start your year really kind of puts the energy out for the trajectory of the year. Not everyone believes that. I'm not saying you should, but in my experience, that kind of has been the case for me. So last year, I wanted to spend it alone in a more like focused retreat kind of way. But then also I wanted to spend it by myself because I wanted to get over that fear of FOMO because I think I had that in my childhood days where you know I would be scared if I wasn't invited to an event and all that kind of stuff and I think that's been a big theme of my life is like doing things to get over the insecurity or fear so with that being said last year I ended 2020 with a solo trip to Scottsdale I wanted to go to the desert somewhere relatively warm it wasn't like you know, crazy warm, but also wasn't winter, like crazy winter, you know. Um, But I went by myself, ended up meeting some really cool people there. They dragged me out to the bars for New Year's Eve. And, you know, that was fun. But I share this because that was also the start of my 2021, which was doing something that was scary to me, doing things more alone, doing things where I took initiative for myself and took initiative to to just go out of my comfort zone. So that's why I kind of find it ironic that that's how I started the year. And that theme ended up being very consistent throughout the year. Which leads into kind of the next big jump for me, which was leaving my corporate job in April 2021. Like I said earlier, I always knew I wanted to leave my corporate job, um, especially ever since starting Lost Hatton, my marketing agency, and doing things more on like a freelance basis. And at the time, last year, December 2020, I, I knew that I wanted this, but I didn't really know when I was going to leave yet. So I gave myself an approximate time frame of spring 2021. So that was like a couple months, right? But then as I got closer in March and February, I was like, all right, you're a little too vague about when you're going to leave. And that's something I've always learned is that if you're not specific enough about a goal or about a vision, you're going to be lingering on the outside of that goal until you can get really, really laser specific about when it's going to happen, how you're going to make it happen, and what that result will be and what you're going to do moving forward, right? So when I was on a Miami trip with two of my close friends, Tara and Caroline, I realized the lack of flexibility I had, even though working remote for a corporate job, there just wasn't the same flexibility compared to some of my friends who were entrepreneurs full time. I was definitely kind of envious of that kind of flexibility because for me, I'm driven by personal freedom. Not everyone is. I certainly have a lot of friends that thrive in corporate environments and really love that structure of working and 
being super busy working full-time, but I've always been driven by personal freedom to choose how I spend my time, and I love working. It's just like maybe sometimes I would rather work on a Sunday or maybe just like working late hours so that I can just completely doze off and have fun in Miami, right, without asking to take the time off, if that makes sense. So um, I remember during the trip, I was kind of frustrated at that point with how things were going at my corporate job. And, remi- and mind you, I, I love my, loved my corporate job. I loved it because of the people. But there just comes a time when you start to feel that the chapter is closing, right? So at the time, this was around like April 2nd, I told my girlfriends, I was like, all right, guys, I know you guys probably heard me complaining all this trip. So I just want to put it out there that I'm quitting my job by April 30th, it was in the calendar. I had texted a few close friends of mine from my entrepreneur group and I said, hey guys, just putting it out there, I'm quitting my job by the, by this date and if I don't, I owe you guys each $500. And the moment I had put that specific date out there, I started to wind it back and this was like three and a half weeks left, right? So didn't have like that much time, but This is why I apply Parkinson's law, which I learned from Tim Ferriss in his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, which I was reading during this time, and it really made a significant difference in how I sped up the process in leaving. And the only way for me to feel comfortable in leaving was landing another client for my marketing agency. At the time, I only had one client, and I said, all right, Emily, you have two weeks, not three, but two weeks, to get a second client right now. And I I remember I spent every single day writing in my What Fulfills You journal at the time. The journal didn't launch yet, but I had the sample version. And I was using this journal and I put, I wrote down every single day in April, 2021, I left my corporate job and landed my second client for Lost Hatton. And I wrote this down five to 10 times every single day. And like I said, I think that when if you say something enough, it slowly begins to happen because your mind is so focused on it. So with that being said, though, it's also why you shouldn't focus too much about things you are afraid to happen or things that haven't happened yet, but you're anxious will happen. I think when you put too much energy there, that's how those things tend to manifest itself. So I really practice the mindfulness of being aware of what I would want to happen, especially related to work, where it's something I can measure, where it's something that's a little bit more goal-oriented or task-oriented. Those things are easier to execute. I used that Parkinson's law of making myself feel a sense of urgency in order to really execute the goal of leaving my job, but then more importantly, landing a second client in order for me to feel financially ready to leave my job. So another interesting story I figured would be worthwhile to share with you guys, especially because it's been many, many months now, and I'm certainly not really emotionally tied to it, but back in the summer of 2021, so this past summer, I was essentially I think love bombed in a way or I don't really like to use that terminology because I I'm not super certain like there was many signs that it was what it what a love bombing is but a part of me thinks it's kind of 
a deeper root issue with this person not in like a negative way just in and I'll start to explain it but um I share this because I remember especially telling some of my close friends who might be listening to this um you know especially during hikes when we were walking and I was just kind of reflecting this out loud and I was like you know this is happening and then this is happening and I just remember certain things where I started to get in my head too much and so I picked up a book by Robert Greene it's called Laws of Human Nature and it essentially allowed me to take a step back and look at the situation from a more objective lens because I started to get in my head too much about you know what's going on and are we still talking to each other and all these things and at the at the time too this guy was in New York and I was in LA um, so that made it a little bit easier for me but I was a little bit nervous because I was moving to New York and I just didn't really want this kind of situation going into a fresh start you know what I mean and I remember once I moved here at that point we weren't really talking anymore we kind of like stopped out of nowhere and when that initially happened it was kind of like painful in a way because it just caught me off guard and again according to love bombing terms it's someone that's like just just all over you right like just in your face all the time this guy was like texting me you know kind of non-stop in a way like he was always initiating conversations he was you know initiating phone calls like all these different things and of course I like loved it it was it was great and um we just had good conversation and I was just like slowly building it off of there I definitely got a little comfortable at some point which is probably where my mistake was and I think like it it could seem like love bombing and it may as well have been but a big part of me and I actually shared this on a conversation with Katie Sands um episodes back where I was like you know we stopped talking but when I was reflecting on the situation I was thinking more about how I felt like he had a deeper insecurity whether that was about being left or maybe you know and I remember thinking too that despite having great conversations with this guy and just feeling pretty connected with him, there was still something that kind of felt missing about him because I just didn't feel like we were on a deeper level with some of the people I've been with in the past, even if it was like a casual fling. Um, And so to me, it kind of spoke more levels about maybe where he was at in his life and kind of why he was so you know attractive to me initially off the bat and was doing all these things. And again... I was kind of surprised because he, and I've mentioned this before, I, I date, I tend to date a little bit older, so, um, you know, kind of people in their 30s, and I was a little bit surprised by maybe, like, that lack of depth. I'm not saying age equates to maturity or your level of depth, but again, I, I was certainly surprised, just especially with his background. He was also, like, an entrepreneur, CEO guy, and just definitely was surprising on certain elements. Um, But I remember coming to New York, I was still thinking about this guy and kind of wanted maybe a sense of closure for myself, not in the fact of like it wasn't happening, but just like I wanted to practice my own sense of security and level of communication. And I had talked to a guy friend about this and I had talked to an older girlfriend about this. And, you know, my guy friend was like, Emily, you know, it's it's a pretty simple 
solution. You know, if you want to reach out to him, you want to say hi to him, then just text him, right? And, you know, you already know what the worst case scenario would be. And that kind of happened. Same thing, too, when I talked to my older girlfriend. She's 10 years older than me, but she's a close friend of mine that I come to for advice. And she had said, you know, for her, everything she's done was always based on communication. And so if I wanted to just kind of like check in and say, hey, I can do that and reach out and communicate, right? Again, I'm not the type to play games. I'm not the type to really, you know, worry about how it looks. Because again, if you're mature and you know how to communicate and just reach out, then it's not an issue. And so I did. And of course, it was something, again, I was scared to do because I knew that a part of my ego would be hurt for a bit, and especially if you didn't respond. And I kind of like already felt that that was going to be the case because I think I was the last person to say something. Um, and at the time, we didn't talk for a few weeks. And so, and he knew I was moving here. So I had reached out to him just like saying, hey, how are you? I I guess he had his red receipts on. He read it. I saw that he read it. And it didn't really like hurt, I think, because I wanted to practice for myself on being able to communicate at that level and knowing that I was not the type of person to just, you know, ghost or really blatantly stop talking to someone. And for me, and something I advise a lot of people, especially my fellow girls out there, if you're ever not feeling something with someone, practice the ability to communicate that with them. Because a theme that I've learned from, especially people who are older than me, is that you need to learn how to communicate and that 90% of your issues or your resentment stems from lack of communication. And I think if you open that dialogue and ask someone or just tell someone, hey, you know, this is really difficult for me and I don't like doing this, but I just want to let you know like I'm not feeling that vibe with you or I just, I'm not really seeing this going further. I think long-term, the person on the receiving end, even though it might, even though it hurts to send that message and it hurts to receive that message, long-term, especially as we grow wiser, I think the person on the receiving end, and I I can say this for myself, will respect that person more than just simply not saying anything at all. Because I think when you don't say something, it showcases that lack of maturity, lack of ability to communicate, and it kind of really opens that can of worms of like what's going on with that person, even though again, I'm not saying you should like read into the situation too much, but it really does showcase where that person's level is at. And now looking back, I clearly dodged a bullet because that just wasn't aligned, even though we were aligned on many other aspects and there was certain commonalities that I hadn't had with other people um, previously. But considering some of the recent experiences I've had in terms of like my dating life, I certainly see what works more for me. And some of it does stem from the commonalities that I did have with that guy. Um, And some of them are things that that guy didn't have. And now I know because I was able to let go of the idea of, you know, reconnecting with that guy. But I wanted to really share the three reasons why it was helpful for me to kind of say my last words of like, hey, how are you? Even though I knew the risk of like not receiving a response, that was kind of scary. But what I wanted was to show myself that I could 
approach a situation like that in a more mature manner than the other person and show myself that I have the confidence to do it and I also have the maturity to do it for this one and for future relationships, right? And so that was like one big reason. Um, and the second one was just that I, because I was kind of scared of, of doing it because I kept hesitating, right? I knew I should do it just for the sake of overcoming that insecurity or that stupid fear because that in the end, it helps you build confidence and it helps you realize next time you want to send a text to that guy or next time you want to follow up on something, the impact of lack of response or the impact of something that minimal becomes very obvious that it doesn't really hurt and it's not that bad. So that's how I've been able to do many things that some of you guys might feel like is very overwhelmingly scary or it seems like it's such a mind-fucking game. It's because I, I, I take small steps to do it when I don't really want to do it and when I'm scared of how my ego would feel. I do it anyways because that's how I build my confidence in that scope of my life. Um, but then the last thing, and I think the most important part of sending that message was that it allowed me to see what I needed to work on internally. And I think a big part of what I was working on the past couple of months was not thinking too much in the future about early stages of relationships. So especially like talking phases or even when it comes to planning out a dinner or meeting up with a friend, I used to get really angsty about making sure the plan was followed through or that, you know, if like, for example, back then, if a guy was like, yeah, let's grab lunch on Saturday or let's get dinner, I would put so much weight on it happening that if he canceled or if it didn't happen, I definitely felt a lot more impact from it because I was already thinking too far out in the future, right? And I've learned, again, just for me, that I might be able to think that way in business and when I'm planning on things that I execute directly, but when it comes to human dynamics and relationships and friendships, I cannot operate that way because that's how I will become disappointed and that's how I get in my head too much, right? So I try my best to stay out of my head and not think too much when it comes to times when I should be using more of my my intuition, my gut instinct. And I felt like my gut instinct was telling me to send that final text of like, hey, how are you? To recognize that, okay, that's that's what I felt inclined to do. I see I got my answer and now I can really just move forward and, and be okay with it and let it go, right? And it took me a while to kind of let it go per se, but that's actually why I started to read the book Letting Go by Dr. David Hopkins because I recognized that I was starting to get too attached to, to the idea of maybe this guy or like talking to him. And once I really started to let go of that desire, ironically, a new person came into my life and is still somewhat relevant today. It's a complicated situation. And again, I try not to tie too much of my personal life into like the current events, but I saw how that manifested once my energy let go of something that I had once wanted the resistance kind of went away from from getting what I wanted, which was, again, something more aligned with me. And then 
something more aligned with me did come into place, I guess, shortly after. I think it was like a couple weeks later I had met someone. And um, right now, too, I, I'm not really like too focused on dating or relationships right now, which I, I feel really happy about because I think I there's a lot of different elements of my life that I'm more focused on and my energy is more towards. However, that does not mean that I'm not open or curious about this part of my life as well in terms of like romance and all that. So yeah, I just wanted to share that because I think that sometimes can be a common situation that us women get into. And I know I've always kind of struggled with that part of my life because I'm such a thinker and I have learned that thinking too much in those situations are just not helpful and so I have really dug deeper this year to look inwards and to kind of figure out what are some of those insecurities of mine or weaknesses per se that I wanted to work on and I actually shared it with my team member for the podcast um, who helps me with some of the social media stuff. I was telling her that that was a big goal of mine was to learn how to let go of some of the things that I wanted and learn how to raise my energy level and continue to vibrate at a higher frequency in my life, in my day-to-day life, so that I can continue to just attract people at that level instead of, you know, again, which I, which I look back now on, but that guy that I was talking to during the summer, I can certainly recognize that we were just completely at different frequencies and there's a reason why it just didn't follow through. So on to another big scary-ish transition during this year that many of you guys know, but this was my move to New York City in August slash early September. And it was, it was just, it was definitely sad because, you know, I lived in Southern California for six years. I went to college there. I had a lot of close friends there from my coworkers at my old corporate job to some friends from college that were still in the area. Um, and, you know, I, I, funny enough to like, when I moved to LA, I had envisioned myself for being there for a few years, even though I knew I wanted to experience New York City and I felt like my soul was a lot more aligned there. I kind of was just trying to convince myself, like, you know, maybe just LA is where you want to be, where you want to stay. Um, but after going back and forth over the past year, traveling wise between New York and LA, I was like, you know, I, my soul is yearning to be in New York, just the people here, the energy, it just, it just clicks. And it's not something you can logically explain to people, you know, just like the reason why you're dating the person you're dating or the reason why you're in love. It's just, you can never put it into words. It's just this energy, chemistry, connection that you feel with that person or that place or that thing. And so that's how I felt about New York City. And that was just how I knew it was the right move. And to preface, I understand that not everyone's going to always feel that 100% alignment with places when it comes to moving. But if you feel just that itch of like, what if, I highly encourage you to take that leap because you got to remember the worst case scenario is that you don't like it and that you just go back to where you were before. And yes, that does involve the cost of moving again and all of that. But money can always be made again. Money can be saved up. 
for that worst case scenario, for example, right? So if you were to have, you know, whatever, $500, $1,000 saved up, just in case, worst case scenario, you want to move back, you have that saved up to use towards that, et cetera, right? But for me with New York, I just knew I loved being around like business, finance, fashion, food, nightlife compared to LA, which is definitely geared more towards like entertainment lifestyle, you know, some food, uh, streetwear, fashion, all of that. And again, I love it, but just it certainly was not the same alignment as New York City for me. So when it came to my move, I started looking at apartments seven weeks before moving. And I took the initiative and was searching without a real estate agent slash broker, whatever you call them. Um, And that's pretty common for New York is for people, even if you're renting, to be looking with a broker because I think um, they take a cut and they kind of just help you make it more seamless. But I lived out in California for six years and I looked at every apartment myself. So I'm very accustomed to finding a place on my own. I remember when I was fully packed up, my girlfriend had picked me up and took me to the airport and uh, I actually had left my apartment early where the lease was still active for three weeks and I kind of came in clutch because I had a friend, a close friend of mine who was like, hey, like I actually would be super down to stay at your apartment even if it's like not really furnished because I was selling all my furniture before I was leaving except for the bed. And so it worked out well because pretty much I didn't really lose out on much. My lease was starting end of August and I wanted to be in New York sooner than later. Um, But it was great that I had a friend to take my spot for the last three weeks. So, you know, um, I didn't lose money or at least too much money there. But I remember when I was getting on my red eye flight to New York, it was just like at that point, I just was I was just excited. You know, I was nervous because... I was leaving LA, something I've been comfortable with for a long time in my life, but you have to realize that you only grow when you leave your comfort zone and when you leave things that you're accustomed to. When you go out into when you go out and do something new and do something different that you haven't done before, that's when you acquire new skill sets and your eyes are open to different cultures and different mannerisms and all of that and New York City is such a melting pot of different cultures and people from all over the world, especially coming over from Europe. I've met a lot of Russians and Italians and um, people from even France. It's, it's just really cool for me to like see all of that where personally I didn't get that as much out in LA. So it was just a really eye-opening experience for me to move here. And also to add, I went into this move thinking that eventually I wanted to be bi-coastal between LA and New York, um, maybe by, you know, like mid, late 2022 or maybe early 2023. And I'm not sure if I feel that way anymore. Um, Maybe I would feel that way towards like Miami. But as of now, I see myself more in New York than I had thought that I wanted in terms of like that bi-coastal life. And that might change, you know, I might change my mind about that again, but I'm, I'm sharing that because, again, I'm acknowledging that there are many times where we had a maybe vague vision or an idea of what we would want, you know, like this, going into a move, but predicting that 
you'd only be here part-time and you'd be in LA also part-time eventually and then you just learn that you you like it more than you realize or or vice versa right it could go either way but I think it's important to prepare yourself to adopt and be flexible as needed because I think that's how the fun stuff in life happens is when it's not too planned out again depending on the situation I think with moves you should plan it out and be strategic but also recognize some of the things that are unplanned that could happen and that could make your experience better or maybe worse and just be subconsciously prepared for that so that it's not too surprising. For me, that has always been really helpful was kind of mentally preparing myself as that could be a potential result or outcome and being like okay with it as well. And then I guess ever since moving to New York, something I've shared a lot about um, is pretty much just my experiences with going out by myself, whether that's dinner or bougie cocktail lounges or even the most recent event, which was going to a nightclub by myself which for the first time. Um, and I wanted to sh- combine this and share this again because I know a lot of you guys ask me, you know, for tips on traveling solo or doing things by yourself, all of that. And I always encourage, right, you know, Be safe and make sure you do it in comfortable environments. And, you know, for me, I started with dinner way back in the day. This was junior year of college. I always wanted to just get over my insecurity of, you know, maybe it was about being alone or maybe about at the time, you know, especially middle of college, I didn't really have many friends. So I wanted to get over that insecurity of not having that many people to go do things with. And at the time, I felt like, oh, well, it, it holds me back from doing things I want to do. But that's when I was like, well, why do you need other people to do with you? Why can't you just go to dinner by yourself with, you know, grab a meal, glass of wine and just be present with yourself? And so that's what I did, you know, back in college. So that's, that's always where I recommend to start with dinner or lunch by yourself. Um, go to places that you've been to before where you're comfortable Um, Because when you ease yourself into it, that's how it gets easier over time. And then along the way, you can kind of challenge yourself with maybe different things like I've done where, you know, going to a cocktail lounge by yourself or going to a nightclub. I think a nightclub is like something I I always wanted to do because I love house music so much, but not all of my friends love that kind of music as much. And so sometimes I don't really get to go to certain clubs because you know, maybe my group wants to do something else or we might want to go here and I'm like, oh darn, I'm going to miss out, right? But a few benefits I want to share about what it's been like going out by myself, especially in a city like New York. And again, if you're in your 20s to mid-20s, I think this is a lot easier because I think as you get older, it just kind of looks more normal almost. Like it doesn't really look out of place, to be honest. I think people get more curious about you when you're at a bar. Again, I'm going to like nicer sit-down places. I have not ever gone to kind of like a dive bar by myself. I'm, I'm sure I could, but then I just might be bored because I think those type of environments are meant to be gone with friends. You know what I mean? But if you're going to kind of like a classy upscale restaurant type of place or something of that nature where it it doesn't look too weird to show up by yourself if you're dressed nice, I highly recommend those type of places. But for me... I would go to this uh, cocktail lounge in Soho a lot and from there I have met a lot of unique people 
that have allowed me to network into business opportunities and connections. And in fact, um, I'm actually in the process of closing a new deal right now with someone that I'd met just because I had gone out by myself. And the reason why going out by myself has been significant in that outcome is because I've noticed that people, especially at this specific establishment, they remember my face more. They've seen me so many times now. You know, I, I never wait in line. I get, you know, complimentary drinks often now because when you're a regular at a place and when it's a place that you like, right, you're going to get treated differently. And especially when you're in a group of six, for example, or a group of four, it's just harder to remember names and remember you face to face. And so that's a big part of why I like to go out, um, especially with the nature of what I do with like work and marketing and, and wanting to connect with fellow entrepreneurs and business owners. It's helpful for me in the networking aspect, but then also just making friends that would like the same environment that I do. I've always said this is if you have trouble finding friends or making friends, go to places that you naturally like because then you will find people that also typically naturally like those places as well and that's already a common ground right there, right? We become friends with people or we get into relationships with people based on commonalities, common ground, and then of course the emotional connection, intellectual, whatever, all of that. But I think there's something to be said about being remembered more when you go to these places and again it's different if you're only going there once or twice but if you if you show up to a place and you like it a lot and then you end up coming back people will remember you more and I always advise that relating to business networking and business opportunities when you take initiative and do things more on your own you will have better opportunity for people to remember your face and to remember your name you know and also too if you're out by yourself and you're at one of those cocktail lounges where you're like sitting by the bar and it's like nice and cozy, make conversation with the bartender. You know, like if you come in with a very closed off, nervous energy, people can feel that, okay? So whatever you need to do to hype yourself up before you go out by yourself. I remember the first time I did this in New York, which was early August, around the time that me and this love bombing guy um, we're kind of coming to a fizzle end. I remember I was, this was the day we were supposed to like get lunch and then he never followed up. And I just, I texted him, was like, hey, are we still grabbing lunch? He read it, never responded. I felt really weird. I felt really awkward. I felt kind of hurt. And I was like, you know what? I am not letting that make me feel this way. And so I remember that night I played some house music. I already had nice makeup on during the day. I think I had a meeting that day. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I am going out by myself. I, I felt really hyped by the energy of house music. So whatever makes you feel that way or find something that does and pregame by yourself, right? Like not necessarily, you, have, you don't have to drink alcohol, but I'm just saying pregame, like get yourself to feel good, look good, play good, right? So for me, that was the first time that I went out to a cocktail lounge by myself. And it was the first time I was going to this place, too. I've never been, I had never been there before. Now I'm a regular there in New York City. But that was my first time. I remember I showed up. I had no idea what I was going to do. All I just knew was, Emily, just go in with good energy. People will feel that. That's my best advice. Go in with good and open energy. I remember I showed up and there was a long line because it was like 11.30, close to 12 maybe, and um, long line of people, but most people are in groups, right? I'm standing there. I know I'm by myself, so it probably will be a lot quicker for me to go in. And I remember I catch the eye of the bouncer 
and he did a double take on me. I think he, you know, maybe thought I looked good or maybe cute, whatever. And we're actually good friends now too, because again, he's a regular bouncer, but he looked at me, you know, he looked at me, he was like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, oh, it's just, I'm just here by myself. And he's like, okay, great. And he just lets me in, like completely did not wait in line. And I go, I go in. I remember when I walked into the the lounge, I remember I just looked and felt really good. So I felt really confident. And that's my best advice too, is if you ever go and pursue out by yourself, just make sure you look and feel really confident because that will also boost your energy. And I felt that way. I had a really cute, classy dress on. My hair looked really good. I think my makeup really looked really good. And I remember I walked in, this guy was staring at me and he just stared at me for a little too long because I was like, what's up? And he was like, you're just, you know, you look, you're super attractive. And again, boosted my ego or boosted my confidence for sure that night. But that night was when I met some unique people. I met like a, actually a friend that we became good friends that night. Um, And also because I said something in German and she understood me. And she was like, oh, you speak German and she's from Belgium and she, she doesn't speak it, but she understood what I was saying. And um, I, made, I made a friend there. And then I also made another like kind of business networking friend from there that night as well. And it was all stemmed from, again, recognizing that I, d- I felt kind of like not in a great place mentally and emotionally because of that guy situation that from earlier that day. But I recognized that I was not going to let that control me and control the outcome of my day. And I was going to own the night. So that was just, that's a whole tangent. But that's just really how it started for me and how I started to build the confidence was because I went into a night with really good energy and had a blast and knew from that moment that I have the power to control how I feel about each situation and about how I'm going to feel at the end of the night. And so my latest adventure, like I said, was going to a nightclub by myself where I know the first time can be really scary and I I know this is definitely not really much of a norm either. It's one thing to go to like a cocktail lounge by yourself, but to go to a nightclub, super, super ballsy. But for me, I was very driven to see the DJ MK. He is a really well-known music producer. He's been in the industry for many, many years, even before I was born. And he's just ultimately one of my favorite DJs. Most of you guys have probably heard his famous song. It's like, um, it's like that Friday song. It's like, it's Friday, it's Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, um, it's that song. And he, he made that remix. Um, but I will preface, you know, I went to the nightclub by myself and I was actually on the way home that night. I had gone out with like friends. They had gone home a little earlier than me and I stayed at the cocktail lounge for a little bit. But then was like, all right, I'm going to go home. I was two minutes into the Uber. Was like, mm, I, I still want to see MK. And I already had good energy going because the house music was playing um, at the lounge. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going. I um, texted my promoter friend who had a table there already. So once I showed up, he I texted him, told him I'm at the door and he greeted me outside So that made it a lot easier. So I just want to preface, I would not have gone to the club had I not had a connection that was already there. Because I think that would be a very different scenario for me to walk in by myself, not having really like a place to go. Like I would not want to just like go and be in the crowd. I mean, that could work for some people, but I did want to like go and like kind of like at least know one person there. So this promoter friend who's like, an acquaintance more so but like I've, I've seen I've been with him like a couple times before 
but um he was really nice and i just had such a great time just enjoying the music but a really cool part of that night was that i did meet a really cute guy we hit it off um and we were both pretty much spontaneously there he was at the table next to me he had like i think a couple guy friends with him um but neither of us had intentions to be there that night and it was funny because i remember him kind of explaining his story on how he made it to the club because he was like you know this happened and this guy canceled so we ended up going here instead and now I'm you know here talking to you and I'm just laughing because I'm like funny enough like I was on my way home 30 minutes ago but now I'm here and now we're talking so um I think more of the story you guys like I hate to be repetitive and redundant but a lot of the exciting things that we want and look for in life are truly on the other side of fear and I have seen how fear and insecurities have held back a lot of people I have come across in my life whether it's family friends whoever and I think that's a big part of my inspiration is I look at people who are much older than me and I ask them what are some things that you wish you did and didn't do in life? And more often than not, they share about the things that they wish they did do. And that's something I wouldn't want to have regrets about is wishing I did something because time is of the essence and we don't have that much time in certain chapters of our life because there are many things that we can do when we're between 20 and 35 that we can't do from, you know, 40 to 60, right? Or 50 to 70. And those timeframes are probably very far off for many of us. But I just know that I wouldn't want to live with regret or with the question of, whoa, what if I did this? Or what if I had gone to this? Or what if I had texted that guy? Or what if I had followed up on that work email. You know, there are just so many potential what ifs and I just know that if it's something I feel strongly towards and the risk is minimal, then I would just go and do it. And so that's something I remember asking a a guy friend to that I, re- I think he, the way he makes decisions is just truly flawless in a sense. But, you know, I asked him, would you do this F, X, Y, and Z? And he just told me, you know, if my gut is telling me to do it and 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 the risk is minimal, then I just go ahead and do it, right? So I think that definitely applies to when it comes to sending a text or sending a follow-up email for like a job you want or, you know, for a deal you're trying to close, whatever that is. I think in those scenarios, I just go with my gut instinct as to, you know, why I showed up to the nightclub in the first place by myself. Um, but when it comes to bigger things, you know, like moving to a new city and you need those kind of logistics that's where I I do base it off of like how do I feel about going there but then also logistically how do I make it happen right so you just have to be able to evaluate how you're going to make certain decisions and how you can execute them properly in your life but just remember that most of the day-to-day situations that we come across in life the risk is typically minimal for whatever it is that you're scared to do. For me, it's always been the most dumb, 
mundane things I was always just like scared to like reach out to certain people and over time I got over that fear the more I did what I was scared to do and so I would just cap off the episode by saying everything you want is on the other side of fear and all the things that you guys may have heard me do or have seen me done through watching my Instagram a lot of it In those moments, I was also very much scared and there's a lot of unknowns that I've gone through in my life, but over time, that's how I got over that fear or got over that insecurity was just because I put myself out there to try. And, you know, when it came to solo travel, I started with traveling within the US. I started small. I did short trips and then I did longer trips and now... I'm going to eventually do a solo trip internationally by myself um, to Italy and that obviously scares me a little bit because I'm in a completely different country but I think the more you push yourself to do something a little bit scarier than the past level so to speak that you did then over time it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier and a little bit easier And so I hope you all will go into this new year thinking about your own goals for your personal life and your personal health, but then also for your career as well, what you're looking to really accomplish in both for the year, but also breaking it down into each quarter and into each month and make sure you just enjoy life, you guys, because life is short, it's meant to be enjoyed And I've said this before um, on an Instagram caption, but the three currencies, time, income, and mobility are the vehicles to achieving that, which is an enjoyable life. And so take risks, even when they're kind of high, but more importantly, especially when they're really minimal and you will get used to it over time. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. I hope this was helpful and a fun reflection for you guys to hear on. I know some of it might have been, you know, not 100% applicable to you, but I hope maybe just my own story and experience could help you navigate whatever it is that you're going through in your own life. And I wish you guys just the best energy and a really fucking amazing year. And I really energetically feel that this is going to be a pretty powerful year for myself but I think for many of you guys out there as well I'm so excited for what this podcast can bring in this upcoming year there's a lot of unique changes I want to implement a lot of new ideas I want to bring on and definitely want to expand the team for the podcast so I love you guys thank you so much for supporting this show and I would chat with you all in the next episode bye